Welcome to Sports, Clips, and Politics with your hosts, Ben Husson and me, Sean Hannon. Welcome to episode 72. Having a rough morning here of it. Afternoon? About time you got us started. Holy camera, record button I forgot to hit on the second go around. <laughs> Amateurs. Welcome to uh, episode 72 of Sports Clicks and Politics. Hopefully the rest of the show is better than the first five seconds. Mr. Hughesong, thank you for joining us. Can only get better from here. How was your weekend? My weekend was great. So was mine, but tell me about yours. Uh, I went to a wedding out in Pennsylvania. Great okay. time. Saw some family. It was good to see. Uh, and then obviously Bill's win and then trick or treating with the kids. Um, oddly enough, nobody in our neighborhood was using that pipe to slide the candy down to maintain your Excellent. six feet of distance, which Great I to hear. Yeah. Obviously was very concerned about. Did you see the dude who tweeted out something yesterday where he left a note at his house? Like go home. You're spreading the pandemic kids. And I retweeted it. It's peak idiocracy at this point. Oh my God. Yeah. That's just sad. Yeah. How about I'll, you? I'll, I'll, I'll share it to you. How's your weekend? It was great. So uh, Steelers win also. We'll talk about that somehow. I think the Steelers are only one game behind the Bills. I might be right. Either. It's gross. Anyway, so we uh, in the event space here, um, and this is not really a, a something we, we did talk about. Remember when we talked about uh, the guy in, I think it was Geneva, some Western here who was selling t-shirts for $60. And uh, with that t-shirt, you had a... Uh, you got uh, some weed. You got some weed, right? Yeah, you got three ounces Under of the gifting law of you can gift up to three ounces to anybody at any yep. time for any reason, and three ounces is the uh, key. So as long as you're under there, you can gift it away. So in the spirit of that, um, we hosted two cannabis events over the weekend. Okay. Um, one was a third-party event where we were just a host, and uh, one was our own where we uh, had people come in and uh, uh, got to sample goods, and uh, we're still open. So... Success for now, yeah. Um, but I, I will touch base. So, I this was a uh, not in the news cycle here, not a part of our uh, uh normal root news here, but I will say that the uh, Erie County DA, uh, I think his name is Flynn, is his last name, John Flynn, not Michael, not Michael, different Flynn, okay. John Flynn, the DA in Erie County, uh, somebody was asking him about this very thing because. Many people know who are in this space. The New York is just, re well, I say just, they legalized a year ago or whatever it was. Decriminalized. Um, decriminalized. And uh, they are moving forward. Cuomo did nothing basically to move the uh, whole industry forward. So uh, at least I'll give Hoko uh, a tip of the cap in defense that at least she's allowing this to, to take to take root at least. Um, so the OCM, the Office of Cannabis Management, I think it's called, uh, came out and basically said, hey, this is not a gray area. This is actually illegal, right? That's against the law. Um, so in response to that, here's where I get to John Flynn, the DA in Erie County. He says cannabis gifting is legal. Um, he basically goes through and lays out the legal reasons why the wording of the uh, uh, information is, is what it is and uh, basically says exactly what I said there. As long as you're within that three ounce limit, uh, that you're good. So I take that as uh, affirmation. For our events over the weekend, but a uh, little extra bonus news for everybody here at the uh, Sports Clicks and Politics. So with that, you should all be giving us a like and a share with that free news bit. Um, it's well-deserved, right? Yeah, obviously. It helps us with the algorithms. Sure um, All right, well, let's talk about your Bills and my Steelers. I like it. NFL Week 8. 
yeah, the Bills came out a little sluggish, uh, but then they turned it back on and I covered. Somebody asked me, like, oh, I missed the game. How'd it go? And I said, the Bills won a close game by 15 points. And they looked at me funny, like, I'm not kidding. It was actually a fairly close game. And, of course, the spread on the game was 14 and a half points. Like, I don't know how Vegas does this. Truly, I don't know how the people, the odds makers, the spread makers, I have no idea how they are that good of. That game was close the entire time. And then, boom, Bills, 15, just to cover the spread. Touchdown with a minute to go. And then they missed the two-point conversion, but it didn't matter. All to beat the one and seven Dolphins, right? Uh, you know what? A win is a win. I don't want to hear it. They and won the, by 15 against the one and seven Dolphins. The Steelers beat the Browns. I mean, two teams that I don't even know what to make Division of. I, I don't know. games are always weird. Yeah. No, for sure. Except unless Ben Roethlisberger is going into Ohio. Then it's just Steelers, well, yeah, that is, Steelers just win. <laughs> that it's a given. Or yeah. Aaron Rodgers I going st- into Chicago. I am not believer in the Steelers. Like I said, I think Roethlisberger is way past his prime. I, you know, Harris looks better and better each week. You know, I but he doesn't like. He looks durable and and effective, and but doesn't look like somebody who's like just game changing kind of talent. He looks really really good. Don't get me wrong, but um, it's hard to be that guy. I feel like as a running back. So I don't know. I, I feel like the Steelers are just as good as their defense is going to carry him. And as long as Ben doesn't blow it, then they can maybe be eight and eight, nine and seven if they get a couple lucky breaks. I mean, again, there's 17 games now, so nine and eight or ten and seven is what you're I would have for. picked. I would have picked five wins. Wow! At the beginning of the season, that's pretty low. Yeah. So when they won Week One, I was like, "Uh, maybe I'm wrong." But they still look terrible. Like just the Bills looked worse that week. Yeah, they didn't look good. So what else uh, NFL hot takes do you have before we get into our uh, top five and bottom five? Uh, the Tennessee Did you get to watch Titans. any games? I know you're, uh, it was Halloween or whatever. But So I watched the Bills, and okay. I watched the end of the Jets game, which somehow they beat the Bengals. I'm, I'm still trying to understand Mike how White. that happened. Mike White? Mike White. Franchise. <laughs> oh, please Franchise quarterback. How many quarterbacks do you think the Jets are going to ruin? I don't know. Like, they ruined Mark Sanchez. They ruined, ruined, ruined Sam Darnold. Now they're going to ruin Zach Wilson. I mean... The only one they didn't ruin was, uh, was it Tyler Hackenberg? Because uh, he was not good. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Remember the fact watching that he got clips. drafted was like, what? Yeah, they called it the Hackenberg experience, and then, like, no pads, just running drills. He was missing by so much, the ball was hitting reporters on the sideline, like, not even watching practice. They were off the field, and he just couldn't throw. But, yeah, the Jets have this wonderful track record of they get these guys with so much talent, and they just ruin them. Ruin them. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what happens when you guess you get to the top pick every single year. That's that. fair. Um, other than that, the Titans season, I think, might be over, depending on the outcome of Derrick Henry's MRI. Uh, apparently, season-ending foot injury, that will that'll be the end of them for the year. Um, and right now, they actually have clear control of the AFC. Like, if, you know, like they'd be number one seed right now if they yep. uh, if the season ended today. But it doesn't. But they even they they had to get a lucky win when Carson Wentz decided to throw a left-handed pass that somehow got intercepted. Um, imagine didn't, it didn't impact my fantasy. Team. Imagine the decision making that goes into I can't see where the guy is. I'm getting wrapped up. I'm just gonna loft imagine it with my the left confidence hand. You must have. That's ah, true. I mean, if you're like, I can pull this shit off. I got this. Like to switch hands. <laughs> this is the move. Flip the ball up. Like, oh god, that's that's a bold play. Yeah. Um. It didn't work out for him. 
But I will say that, you know, we were talking about how the cream is rising to the top the last couple of weeks, but really the NFC has just got the cream of the crop here now, right? I mean, I, I still think your Bills are, are a good team, don't get me wrong, but, like, I could have easily put the top five teams, all NFC teams. I don't know. I mean, I think that there's there's better teams across the top of the NFC, but I think that... Okay, okay, let's just do this real fun. Jump okay, in. Okay, this is the Bills. Your Bills. Mm-hmm. We, we say they're still the best team in the AFC? I think so. Okay, I do too. I'm I'm not trying to puff you up here. I'm just I think they're the best team. Um let's go one V one. Yeah. Who wins in a neutral site? Cowboys, Bills. Bills. Packers, Bills. I still go Bills. Buccaneers, Bills. I don't know. Cardinals, Bills. I'm gonna go with the Bills. I know that one's controversial, but I stand by it. Rams, Bills. I don't know. You're a homer. Get out of here. <laughs> I think Rams. You're not one of those teams can beat the Bills. Of course they can. Society. That's what I mean, but it's not a given either. It's not like the Bills playing against the Jets. Like, if the Jets beat the Bills, you're going to be blown away. Like, how did that happen? If the Bills beat the Buccaneers, you wouldn't be, like, shocked. And if the Buccaneers beat the Bills, you wouldn't be shocked. They would be underdogs against the, the on Rams. On a neutral site, they'd be underdogs against the Cardinals, the Bucks, and the, the Packers, for sure. I don't know about the Packers on a neutral site who would be the underdog. I, I don't they know. Would. They might be. But I, don't I think know. they'd be favored against the Cowboys, and I think it'd be, you know, close with the Rams. I think the Rams. I would. The go, Rams. I, I think the Rams have the highest ceiling of all these teams. I agree with that. Actually, that I be, think the Rams they could be really, really good. I would take out the Packers and put the Rams in. I think the Rams would be favored over the Bills on a neutral site. I don't know about the Packers. I just. I don't know. Maybe they've had some very good weeks. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is. Is Aaron Rodgers? I know he's he's incredible. And yet they're still capable of going in and losing some really stupid games. And I guess the other question would be, is, is it in the NFC Championship? Because then I'll take the Bills. <laughs> God bless the Packers. They are consistent at getting to the NFC Championship game and then losing. Yeah. How many years in a row is it? Like eight that they just lose in that game? Yeah, I don't know. It's incredible. I don't think it's eight, but I don't know what it is. I don't know. All right. So... I'm going to go my top my power five here. You ready? I'm hit, hit me with it. I have the Green Bay Packers number one. Okay. I have the Arizona Cardinals number two. I have the Rams three. I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers four. And I have the Buffalo Bills five. All right. But I, I disagree with I the contemplated Green Bay Packers the, being I above. contemplated it, yeah. It's, I mean. You're higher on the Packers than I am. I think the Packers are good, but I don't think they are. Buccaneers. I think that the top is Rams, Bucks, and even the Cardinals are just at a different level. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the Packers. I mean, the Packers beat the Cardinals, so I know without their receivers and everything else on a Thursday night game. I get it. Not arguing. It was a good win, but I mean, we're only eight weeks listen, in here, so it's a it's a snapshot. The Mr. Jets Houston, stop yelling at me. The Jets beat the Titans and the Bengals. I'm not putting them ahead of either team in the power rankings. Like, yeah, it's, it's the NFL. In any given week, something can happen. I think putting the Packers number one is reactionary to that. I think they're they still, were number one last week. They were number two last week for me. Then they beat number one. I think they're a top five, they're top six team in the league. I don't think they're number one. Yeah, well, they're we'll going to win out. the Super Bowl this year. We're going to find out. We're going to find out. <laughs> like even taking the Bills out of the equation, I don't think the Packers are as good as the Buccaneers, and I don't think the Packers are as good as the Rams. I yeah, think I really in, like the Rams. I watched a lot of the Rams. This the week. Rams are amazing. The Rams so, and the Buccaneers and my. I mean, that's because opinion. I had Stafford Cup. Van Jefferson in my fantasy line. I don't know who Van Jefferson is, but good job. Doesn't matter. He had that long bomb for like 88 yards, and he got hurt, and then he left the game. But it was good enough because he was cheap. There you go. And then I had, you know, I had Michael Carter. 
the running back for the Jets. Oh, good. Yeah, smart he had pick. A great, he had a great game. That helped. I mean, like 30 points, yeah. so You anyway. know why I had in my starting lineup? Because I was driving back from Pennsylvania, and my phone died, and I couldn't get the charger to work on it. Calvin Ridley. I, I subbed him out. I was in my normal yeah. starting lineup. But yeah, yeah. I was, that was fun. I played Russell Gage. He got zero, so it didn't really matter. Oh, see, there you go. It swapped out all yeah. right. Um, yeah. So it was uh, all in all actually a decent week for me, fantasy-wise. Not great, but I made more money than I put in. So let's uh, – can we wish Bitcoin a happy birthday? Sure. Is 13 it, years old Is it Bitcoin's as of yesterday. Yesterday. Oh, look at that. Yesterday, 13 years. The white paper was publicized. So what do you think about all that 13 years later? I think it's uh, – just what is ready for its bar mitzvah? We've only just begun. It's still young, right? I mean, they literally only you know the first one actually didn't even get minted until like three years later. So I mean, our paper currency is only like a hundred and two years old. I mean, all paper currencies eventually die. I'm aware. Oh. Um, I mean, listen, you know, this is clearly the electronic part of this whole thing is clearly reliant on our sun not blowing up. So. Yeah, I mean, I think that's... Did you see that we had a... Uh, this is also bonus news tip for you guys. Did you see that we had a, so- a solar flare uh, over the last couple of days? Yeah, and I got a bone to pick with you about that, because I heard about it from somebody else. You're supposed to be the one. I posted it. I talked about the Aurora Borealis possible. I posted I a link saying... I don't go on Facebook much, oh. man. Just jump over, oh, shoot me a text. Oh, okay. That was the agreement. Was, our boy Ben said... It was, our brother boy Ben Davidson here from uh, Suspicious Observers here. You guys remember him from, the, I don't know, episode 14? I don't know, it was early... But uh, we had an interview with him. But he said this was not a uh, you know don't don't get your panties in a bunch kind of thing about this. Okay, but we're going to get back to to, to him uh, about a, another story here that we haven't yet touched on. But let's uh, Bitcoin. I mean, price action has been pretty uh, exciting. Yeah, we've had uh, all time highs from Ethereum. They got up to like forty four hundred or something. I yeah, think it is. that one I like. Yeah, <laughs> I bought Ethereum at one hundred and fifty dollars a oh, that's a coin. You're so smart. Yeah, I'm a genius because I can explain to you why it went to 4300 I can. Demand. Demand. I mean. That's it. Everything starts at supply-demand level, Let's right? Let's not overthink it. Um, but anyway, so happy birthday, Bitcoin. You know, uh, we like to keep an, an eye on Bitcoin here. So um, Always. Always and forever, I think. so. Um, another one of our topics, Mr. Hughesong. I mean, it's not really all that exciting. This is really going to be a short note, but Hunter Biden uh, show has been going on this week. His art show. <laughs> There's been something like, I think it's been open like three days and like four people have shown up. It's amazing. Uh, some people have tried to get in, but could not get in because, you know, they didn't pass the uh, the muster. But I don't know. It's just ridiculous that this thing is still actually happening. I Somebody said they sold four $75,000 paintings. Like somebody reported that anyway, but then the in this article I'm reading that the uh, gallery denied that claim. So I don't know if anything's actually been sold or not. Yeah, he did right. say that they're all going to be way worth way more in the future. So he's like, this will this will be considered cheap. <laughs> Five hundred grand for some <laughs> paint by some worst person on the planet. I mean, I guess there's some you know, craziness that people want that kind of crap in their lives, but Do here you we are. That? The thing there was the thing floating around like the condition of the country somewhere in this country right now there's a child growing up with a mother who's a prostitute a father who's a drug addict and a grandfather who's the president of the united states <laughs> <laughs> that was really funny Free. uh this is remarkable it's like a fairy tale is it for a family that has been caught red-handed selling influence and selling access to joe biden in the past that now is the president, the most powerful man in the world, the highest office holder in the country, 
and his son with zero art experience, zero background, not a professional artist, just like he was not a professional energy consultant or an ethics expert for corporate governance, is selling artwork for more than a Van Gogh would go for. And everybody just goes, yeah, yeah, that's normal. Yeah, That's yeah. crazy. I don't know if anybody's saying it's normal. But nobody's putting a stop to it either, I guess. Right. At least, uh, listen, I'm glad that only like four people showing up. So that's you somewhat know, encouraging. Listen, no, it's not. They're going to sell because the people that are going to buy it aren't Do going. they have to write like what they want on the back? Oh, my God. I, you're never going to write that down. It's just a given. Invisible ink. I mean, more or less. All right. Let's let's do this something that we haven't talked about. We've beaten up Hunter Biden quite a bit. But I figure like I would let everybody know that the art show is going on. So this week. So, so I, think it ends, I, I think on, it ends on the 15th. So listen, if you're still. Yeah. If you've made a lot of if you've done well with Bitcoin or Shiba Unu, whatever it's called. Sure. Uh, maybe uh, Hunter Biden's uh, art is your next thing. So. I mean, I know the five hundred thousand dollar pieces might be a little out of some price range, but. For cheap. the cheap price of $75,000, you can get one of the cheapest paintings that he's selling. Because that's normal. That's where they start. Yeah, seventy five grand. Starting at seventy five. dollars Never mind that he happens to be the son of the president. This isn't fine. This is normal. You know what's not fine and normal? This? On top of that? Okay. So, do you know where La Palma Island is? I do not. So, La Palma Island is, uh, I guess it's a Spanish territory, but sure. it's an island... Uh, uh, I think it's maybe off the coast of Africa, northern Africa, like uh, Canary right. Island, Canary Islands. Which side of Africa? The uh, western side. Okay. In the Atlantic. I'm following you. So there has been a uh, gradual ramp up of, uh, they had an earthquake uh, a few weeks ago. Um, and it has gradually ramped up in uh, magnitude. Until yesterday, we reached 5.0 in this earthquake here. And so... Like Vanilla Ice's Mustang. And so the concern about La Palma Island, and there are other Canary Islands, I feel like that this is also... But this is one that people have signaled. Um, With the high enough magnitude earthquake, a tsunami may occur through a landslide off the coast of that island putting the whole East Coast in grave danger. The East Coast of the United States. Of the United States. States, correct. Okay. So this has long been bullseyed, circled, and like, hey, if this thing ever goes, we have a problem here. So um, I feel like we should bring it up. Okay. Uh, again, 5.0 is not enough to uh, do the job, I don't think, but the fact that it hasn't gone down and uh, subsided here a little bit, that we all should be focusing over there a little bit. All right, so let's back up a step because I yeah. want to make sure I understood this. Yes. I, this is all brand new to me. Yes. We do great show prep, by the way. Well, I this, like is why we, this is why we do it. Right. This is where, like, some of the stuff, whenever it's stuff like this, Jeffrey Epstein or Hunter Biden, I ask him not to tell me because I want real genuine reactions yeah. Yeah. on the air. So yeah. let me make sure I'm following what you're saying here. Go for it. There is an island off the western coast of Africa Correct. in the Atlantic Ocean. On this one of these islands, in this in this chain of islands, there is a large volcano. Good sized, at least. I can give you the name of the volcano if you uh, keep going. Okay. So when this volcano is... How does the volcano tie into the earthquake magnitude? Well, so they're size, they're, they're, the, the volcanoes and earthquakes together are, are hand in hand, right? So the vol, the earthquake, just like in Hawaii, mm-hmm. there was a like a six-pointer, I think it was, 6.2 or something in Hawaii, that's, that started the 
re-eruption of the volcano on the Big Island of Hawaii, okay. what it was a couple of years ago. Same phenomenon going on here. Got so it. the earthquake triggered the volcano, and now the volcano is pouring out, but the earthquakes keep building up. I the magnitude keeps building up. This is not like the 5.0 hit and then subsided and went away. No. It's continuing to stay there and maybe even slightly increase, and the seismic activity, seismic activity does not seem to be reducing? No, it's increasing. Okay. So what is the number that these experts think it has to be for us to get a tsunami? That's well, my first question. I don't, know that, seven. I don't know that we really know. Okay. Um, they have had other earthquakes there in the past that have not resulted in this catastrophic event. Sure. So clearly they have gone through this process before, and it has not resulted in a tsunami uh, threatening the whole East Coast. But um, the Cumbre Viaje... Cumbre Vieja, clearly, clearly Spanish. Uh, that is the name of the volcano. All right. Um, you know, it's they've had like 7,500 people evacuate. It's taken down like 2,000 uh, structures, like the lava flow. So it's it's doing its, you know, local damage. But I think the real concern is, I mean, outside of the people who have lost, obviously, whatever, on that island, um, is this threat to millions and millions of people who are live on, you know, a very low-lying east coast of the United States. How far in on the coast would this tsunami be a threat? Uh, that would depend on your elevation. So it would be different in different places, right? Okay. So like, it's probably not going to get past the Appalachians, no doubt. That makes sense. So uh, I wouldn't think it would even get close to that, to be honest with you. Sure. I think it would be more likely in the first, you know... couple miles. couple miles. Okay. Exactly right. So, so but on, anyway, Onondaga County... Probably safe. Probably okay. Not yeah. to be selfish, but Long Island, Long Island, New York Island, City, so. right? Like, if, but if you can just imagine the cities along the East Coast hey. that are all right on there, you know, there's some major metropolises. So Miami, New York City, Boston, um, Newark's not that far. Uh, yeah, just keep going right down. Yeah, that's there's a lot. Yeah, and the whole city, the whole state of Florida. So, um, so anyway. I only because it got to five, I figured, eh, maybe this is uh, something we should pay attention to, even though I've seen the kind of gradually built up. And uh, back to my reference from uh, Mr. Davidson uh, from Suspicious Observers, he basically said, he's like, when he got to one, he said, when he got to four, he started paying attention to it. And he basically had been saying, he's like, because he'd kind of, I wouldn't say he dismissed it, but he basically said, hey, we shouldn't be concerned. Basically, he was warding off crazy channels who were saying that the end is coming. And he was basically saying, hey, we're not even close to that yet. So, um, but his radar is up. So I'm going to pick, pick our radar up and uh, kind of pay attention to La Palma Island in the Cumbre Viaja volcano. Yeah. Because I have people on the coast. Cumbre Viaje. Cumbre Viaja. Cumbo. I'm sure there's a translation in there for somebody who's uh, smarter than I. My eighth grade Spanish class is not sticking. It's Cumbo with a K or a C? C. C-U-M-B-R-E. Cumbre. Cumbre. Okay. Cumbre Viajo. Viaja. Viaja. I think that makes it female. It does. <laughs> All right, You're let's so talk good. about let's talk about some hometown news. How excited are you for Andrew Cuomo's mugshot? Eh. You know it's going to come, right? They they actually literally asked the sheriff if these they like what so do you expect the governor to be uh, uh, fingerprinted in mugshot? He's like, yes. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> Like that probably love his life when that happens too. Listen, if I thought it was going to go anywhere, I'd be way more excited. But yeah, it's not. I mean, that's probably fair. Um, I don't know. I like hope I he said. gets hammered and then takes the mugshot. But if you don't know, uh, former Governor Andrew Cuomo disgraced. Can I call him? I think disgraced. disgraced. Former 
New York Governor Andrew Cuomo was charged on Thursday with misdemeanor sex crime in Albany. And that goes back to one of the allegations uh, that he, I think this is the one where he closed the door on the girl and like grabbed her and kissed her and turned her around or whatever. So what, like, I don't know. I think that's the same uh, allegation here that uh, he's being charged with now. So uh, misdemeanor complaint against uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo. You're not excited though, no? I mean, listen, good, and I hope some level of justice is served, but there is no way sufficient justice will be served on this man for what he has done. Well, no. I mean, like I said, and we'll get into uh, our last story, and we'll compare maybe this story to last story. I think that's a good idea. Because, um, like I said, I feel like uh, Cuomo was taken down for maybe the wrong reasons. I'm going to say it's fine that he got taken down for sure. this. It's just, it's unbelievable in light, and I don't, again, standard disclaimer, I don't mean to make light of sexual harassment or sexual assault or anything else. I genuinely do not, and I, I don't I don't belittle those things. Man's responsible for multiple deaths. Like, this guy signed an order that led to people dying directly and then covered it up. So even if you're like, well, he should be, there's no way he could have. You could say he even profited off it with the book. Oh, right? absolutely. Any, and the donation from yeah. the hospital association where he gave them all complete immunity from liability for he's all just, things COVID-related. On they, top of being disgraced, he's a disgusting human yeah, being. Yeah, they gave him a million bucks, and then he got a $5 million advance for a book that sold something to the effect of a 1,000 copies and yet still made the New York Times bestsellers list. Um, it was an absolute farce. And for all of that to happen where he... Shut down data. And then his top aide got caught on camera. There is a recording of Melissa DeRosa saying, we froze. We sat on the real data because we were worried about a federal DOJ investigation. We can do that. If we want, we can avoid, we can do the same thing. I mean, if you and I got caught saying that, that would be enough for (laughs) obstruction of justice to be brought on us immediately. And it would be like, hey, you better settle. Because you better plea because you got caught red-handed. Yeah. So I'm not sure. Like, this is where, all right, so the sexual harassment thing. And I think some of the allegations do carry great weight and are wholly inappropriate and illegal. And that is true. And others are just a guy who's on a power trip who feels like he is entitled and he is very awkward around women. But now the only angle that he has where he can approach a woman and try to hit on her is that, and it sucks, and it's dumb, and it's weird, but it's not like he was trying to. And like said, some of them did rise to the level of, all right, this is inexcusable. Yeah, and this is, I'm reading through the complaint now, so uh, the Washington Post apparently released the complaint. I haven't read it yet. Um, this is, uh, uh, touch the unnamed victim's left breast for the purposes of degrading and gratifying his sexual desires. Maybe read it a little slower. I'm just kidding. Please don't. Okay. Andre, drop into my bassy voice yeah, even let's, more. <laughs> no? Please don't. Okay. Well, I, I don't know that we need to, uh, like I said, if, if something happens with that, we'll, we'll check on that. Do you have any, I uh, want to piggyback on it. I don't know how many election hot takes. Do you have any races? I mean, I think the Virginia race gets a lot of attention now. I, guess I don't know if you know that Terry McAuliffe is a uh, local guy. Oh, I didn't know that. Went to Bishop Grimes. Really? Oh, Bishop Ludden, sorry. Bishop I, didn't, I knew what you meant. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. He is the reason why uh, <clears throat> our boy uh, Bill Clinton was in Skinny Atlas. Ah. Raising money for Terry McAuliffe because there's interesting. a big connection here with Terry McAuliffe locally here. And, uh, and obviously there's a connection with McAuliffe and the Clintons until he gets killed. What? <clears throat> what? Awesome. <laughs> um, I did not know that. Yeah. And I, I have seen that that race has been very, uh, well covered. And speaking of his, uh, going to, uh, Bishop, Bishop Ludden there, 
um, the Virginia race has uh, revolved a lot about uh, education because uh, the uh, his opponent, I can't remember, Glenn Youngkin, I think his name is, yep, um, kind of you know pounced on something that uh, Terry McCall was saying, basically saying that he didn't think the parents should have a say in their kids' education, right? So like it was basically in a debate, and it's been basically seized on, and kind of the whole race is now revolving around education, and. Just recently, McAuliffe's on an interview basically saying how proud he was of, like, I think the quote is something like, I'm proud of the uh, uh, Virginia schools. We raised our five kids here. Doesn't mention that all five of his kids went to private school. And he went to private school. So you're saying... He's just a politician. Like, he's, like, what? I don't know. The Republicans pounced, is what you're saying. I mean... Deservingly so, don't get me wrong. That's what I mean. But like, like, I mean, I love when every story about that turns into the Republicans pounce or the yeah. Republican seize of like, no, how about we talk about the fact that this guy with a straight face came out and said parents should not be involved in the education of their children. Like, whoops. that is crazy. He should literally, as soon as that came out of his mouth, he should have been like, "That's not what I meant." Obviously, <laughs> like, uh, that's not what I meant. Uh, let me uh, paraphrase this. Let me like, rephrase this. Uh, but yeah, let me rephrase. And then, the, and then the parents going, well, wait, that's not right. Who are you to tell me what my child should get for education? Like I, I'll send them to your public schools or whatever else, but I don't, I think we should have a say in what they're taught since it's a public school funded entirely by go- taxes. Like that's, that's how they get their money. So we should get a say. And his response is you're overreacting. I raised all five of my kids here and they all did great in Virginia schools. And then they turn around and be like, which public school did they go to? So the public schools are so good that you decided they weren't good enough for your kids. Do I got that right? Okay, cool. Now you want to tell other people that shut up. Like this is the epitome of elitism of do what I say. And that was the same thing when Elizabeth Warren got approached by that woman on the campaign trail that was was basically, it was a black woman that was very much for school choice. And Elizabeth Warren is notoriously against school choice and uh, like vouchers and anything else. And we came up and set and Elizabeth Warren's like, we need this. The woman said, well, didn't your kids go to private school? She said, no, my kids went to public school. They did for like a year. And then they went to private school. And these politicians just don't care. They just lie. Yeah, I just don't think they care about the ramifications of lying anymore. Because no. nobody holds them accountable, right? We've hit a point where the the partisanship and the tribalism has got to the point where nobody cares if their side lies. And I, I mean, it, I've, I don't want to like blame this entirely on Harry Reid, but Harry Reid is the first time I can remember somebody just acknowledging it and saying, yes, I lied, so what? And people going, good point. And he lied about Mitt, Mitt Romney not paying any taxes and like harming other people. Like that was what he came out with. And then the reporter said, well, do you have any evidence to back that up? And he said, that's not my job. It's your job to go find out if it's true. And they did it. They published the statement. They, they copied what he said on the Senate floor, went after him, and then afterwards they said Obama won. They went to Harry Reid, who was the you know House major- or the Senate Majority Leader for the Democrats, and said, did you ever have any substance to that? And he said, no, none. And they're like, do you regret doing that? And he goes, Obama won, or Romney lost, didn't he? No, no regrets. And then after that, it was a, I'm sure it happened before that too, but I don't ever remember somebody so brazenly just saying, I lied, so what? At least they had to try to cover up the lie. And then ever since then, that was 10 years ago or more. No, it was about 10 years ago. And now it's just gone on. In the same way that a lot of people don't care about when Trump lied and just went off the rails, citing things that were insane. 
like, oh, it doesn't matter. All right, fine, but at some level, honesty and truth should matter. Like, the truth should matter no matter what. I think that should be the most important thing. I think all that's just an indictment on the fact that we have no, you know, journalistic integrity on any of these organizations. We have a handful, maybe a large handful of independent uh, journalists who kind of try to hold their elite feet to the fire, but, like, we, we get nothing. Like, these... The, the CNBCs, the NBCs, the ABC, the, the, all the, the alphabet soup of the media are terrible. And they don't hold any of these politicians accountable, so they get to do whatever they freaking want. I agree. The legacy media companies are not concerned about arbiting the truth. It's just not what they do any longer. They sell ads. And, you know, usually to Pfizer, as it turns out. Do but we, do, we ha- do we have any uh, local election? I know we got a mayor race here in the city. I don't expecting any kind of, uh, like, big shakeup. Khalid Bay, maybe. He's the, only person, he's the only one who I think has a shot. I mean, I think Ben Walsh has certainly turned some people off in the mayoral race. Uh, I, I don't think that is... Turnout was terrible in the primaries. Terrible. Like, historically terrible. So, I don't uh, know. That'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, there is, there's an interesting race for county legislature with Kevin Ryan going after uh, Bill Kinney's seat in the county ledge. I don't think I should be allowed to comment on that as Kevin Ryan happens to be family. But he's a great guy. He'd do a great job. For whatever my biased opinion is worth, um, yeah. So if anything crazy happens, I mean, like I said, I feel like the the biggest thing is the Virginia race, only because I think lar- large people thought, or most people thought, that McAuliffe was just going to run away with this thing. He's already was the governor. I guess you can only serve one term as governor in Virginia. Really, four years, and then you have to step out, and then you can run back again. Awesome. I guess. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like I read that, and I was like, "What? It's weird." But anyway, so um, I feel like that's the race that's got all the the juice right now. So if I don't know, and I feel like the. Uh, the Yunkin has caught uh, McAuliffe, so it's kind of becoming a uh, uh, political uh, football that everybody's trying to, each side is kind of railing around to try to see if it's going to be a bellwether uh, into the midterms, which should be a fun year. That basically, will start immediately tomorrow. I mean, listen, you can have all the faith you want in public education, and you can say, like, well, the teachers have the education to tell and be the experts on what should and should not be taught, what is age appropriate, how to teach, et cetera, et cetera. And I, don't, I won't really argue with you. That's probably true. To, to actually take the stance that parents should not have a say in how their, in the curriculum their child is taught cannot be a popular position. Yeah, I would, I would agree with you. I would say it. That parents should have input on substance, but they don't. They shouldn't have an in, input on style. Right? I mean, unless the style is abusive, right, or whatever. But I mean, like each person I mean, has a different way. Of, right. They, right. Each person has a different way of communicating with right. kids and doing their own thing and how they think they can help people learn. Um, and so, I wouldn't want everybody to be how because how are you going to do that when you have so many parents, right? right. So, like, you kind of have to. But if there's a a, a substantive, uh, you know, what the curriculum is, as you pointed out, or or, or, or things that how uh, that affects all the kids all the time, don't then, yeah, the parents should have input for sure. So I don't even think that's call a me, call me crazy. position. Yeah, right. like, call me crazy. crazy. I, I have, I have children and I got four of them and we, we, my, we talk all the time about it now of like, there are things happening in these public schools that we just don't like that. It's just, it's so wild between the COVID restrictions, between the push for the vaccinating the young kids between the curriculum, between the lack of communication, like all of these things are like, we're talking about homeschooling at a level I never thought we would discuss the possibility of. I can help you with that. I never thought we would get to the point where we were honestly discussing it, but we're like laying out a room in our house to be like, all right, well, this is where we would do it or we could put it right here. And I can't, like I took a step back today as we were having a conversation, my wife and I, and I'm going, Jesus, this is like a legitimate, I'm not telling you it's going to happen, but 
this is a legitimate life. Like we've told our kids, hey, we might end up doing this. None of them really want to, and we get that. But it's a, look, you're young. Our job is to protect you and prepare you. And if we don't think the public schools are going to do the best job possible of preparing you for the future and protecting you right now, we're not leaving you in there. Yeah. And I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't, I hope it doesn't come to that, but yeah. I don't see this getting any better. Yeah. I, not yeah. in this state. Yeah. No, yeah. The state, it seems, you know, I know we live in a, a terrible bubble, but, um, yeah, crazy. Yep. That's, uh, maybe this is encouraging. I don't know. We, uh, you guys recall, uh, I don't know, what was it, two, three weeks ago when uh, Southwest Airlines uh, basically had some weather anomalies? They had take, to, listen. Take, take, some weather, take their, their whole airline down, but nobody else's airline be down. Be careful how you phrase this. You'd hate it's to be It's contagious. Apparently, theorist. it is contagious because American Airlines has now caught this weather phenomenon. Oh, jeez. And now their airlines are canceled up to 2,000 flights as of this morning. Somebody call Ben Davidson and let's figure out what this weather anomaly <laughs> is. All right. We got to get to the bottom Superstore of this. I called Mandy in honor of the mandate. Is that, is that good? I made a hashtag, Superman Mandy, Superstore Mandy. It's awesome, actually. <laughs> it's very well done. Um, so American Airlines uh, made an announcement, I think on Friday first, when they started, I, there was a couple hundred flights on Friday, and then they had like five, 600 more on Saturday, five, 600 more on Sunday and another few hundred this, this morning. And they're up over 2000 already. So, um, similar to exactly how Southwest went down. Weird. So American, uh, basically blamed wind and staffing issues, just like Southwest blamed weather and staffing issues. Um, some wind phenomenon over their hub in Dallas that again, only affected American airlines. So thank God the other American, the other airlines have, uh, been vaccinated against this weather phenomenon. I don't know. Maybe they haven't. We'll find out. So I don't know. Is this good news? Do we feel like this is a uh, uh, another? I think it is. Obviously, this is for people who haven't put two and two together. This, in large part, has been a flight attendant walking out in protest of the vaccine mandate. So and pilots and pilots. It says flight attendants over and over, and and most of the things that I've seen here. So, um, but clearly they've canceled two thousand flights, disrupting. You know. Probably millions of people, and uh, they're you know I don't know the other the Southwest one lasted a few days, so I'm not sure how long this one lasts here. But um, Southwest oh, eventually last more. It'll last until the airline says we're not mandating the vaccine. Right. That like Southwest came out and said right. we shouldn't be mandating the vaccine. Right. Well, they actually worded it funny. They were like so they because basically they were just going to put them on unpaid leave, right? Mm-hmm. Until it was over, until the mandate wasn't in, enforced any in, enforced anymore or whatever. So basically, they said, okay, we're not going to put you on unpaid leave. So they didn't basically they didn't even wouldn't even use the word fire and any of that stuff. They had to do word sale just to kind of make it work for them. And they had to capitulate because they realized. And this is what was can't so do it. unique about Southwest is the pilots know better than anybody how fragile the entire thing is and how much it depends on them. And so they understood their leverage. Same with the flight attendants to say, no, I'm not doing it. And here's what we're going to do. Yeah. Um, that in and of itself was fantastic. And now watching American Airlines do it is good. I, I mean, look, if truly, if you think all of these airlines should mandate the vaccine for every one of their employees, and that's a good thing, maybe you just shouldn't fly. Like, maybe maybe it's time for you to give up flying if you're that nervous that you wouldn't get on a plane unless every single flight attendant and pilot is vaccinated. Maybe it's time for you to give it up. Maybe maybe you need to stay home. Because the reality is the, the data on the vaccines couldn't be more clear. Now, I'm, I'm opposed to mandates in general, but even in this case where you, you can't prove a societal good, 
you can't demonstrate any societal necessity of everybody getting vaccine. Like it's non-sterilizing. It doesn't stop the spread. And it whatever immunity it does offer, which apparently is only reduction in system in symptoms and less hospitalizations and deaths, after about seven months is gone. And it's essentially useless. Like it does nothing for you after that. And then you got to get your booster shot and well, all right, maybe the booster shot will last for a year. What if it only lasts three months? What if it gets worse? Are you supposed to get a booster shot every year? Like you could, you could literally paint me out as a monster, or maybe us as monsters. I'll, I'll just take the, the arrows here at this point. You could paint me as a monster Thanks. if you could show that the vaccine was fucking awesome against keeping spreading this. Like uh, if it, if you could just point to like, listen, you're just dumb. Then I'm like, okay, maybe I'm just dumb, right? But like, it doesn't seem like that's what's actually happening here. So when you read, you're like, okay. I just feel like I'm. You guys are feeding me a bunch of BS, and it hasn't changed for basically six months. Yeah, you're lying. I'm calling you out for lying, and you're calling me a moron. Yeah, but I just don't understand. Like, look, it's statistics. I understand how it works. Even in the the vaccine trials for kids five to eleven, ninety one percent reduction in cases. Yeah, how many of them in the entire trial, placebo or vaccinated, had a severe case? Not one. How many of them had a hospitalization not one what was the overall infection rate i think there was either it was either 2500 or like 4000 total participants i apologize i don't remember it offhand 19 total cases what are we doing and then i'm supposed to be thrilled that that's a 91% reduction so you took our overall risk from 0.5% being very generous to 0.2 like, that's what I'm supposed to be excited about? Yeah. Like I said, the, Come on. They, they, they've lost control. I, yeah, I like, feel like they've lost control. I, you, I think it anyway. Right. But. And then anybody who has adverse reactions, they don't phrase it the same way. Not a not a 130% increase in adverse reactions of among the vaccinated versus the placebo group. No, then they use raw numbers. Then they say, well, only this many percentage of total kids had an adverse reaction. Like, you're being sold. And it's it's horrible to watch how... It's not, I get people get duped. I get that it's, it can be confusing. But once it's laid out, the, the total loyalty and ambassadorship that people have for these pharmaceutical companies is amazing. Like, these are the most horrifically evil companies known to exist, maybe with the exception of big oil. Like, these people are the ones that are doing the research on beagles. These are the people that are doing research in Africa, where they're basically just sacrificing people to find out if drugs work. These are the people that lied about asbestos in baby powder. These are the people that lied about opioid addiction and caused a massive opioid problem to take over the entire southern United States and large parts of the north, too. Like, these are the people you're dealing with who outright lie about side effects, exaggerate benefit, mislead regulators regularly and then hire them after they leave the FDA chair to come and join their board of directors to make sure that they're there and get all this favorable treatment. Like these are the people you're going to bat for. And I just, I can't wrap my brain around it and you can't demonstrate if you're vaccinated and I'm not, I have no impact on you. The only benefit that vaccine is offering you whatsoever is that you're less likely to get sick and die. And that's temporary. That's it. Everything else, it's not going to affect my ability. And, like, and literally, the majority of us don't really have a threat to get sick or die. Not even close. Let, I mean, kids, least of all, it's, it's how upset people get when you point out that kids don't die from this is 
mind boggling. Most I find most people just try to go in right into you don't know the long you don't know the long term uh, ramifications of getting sick. And I'm like, oh, here we go. So like that, it'll never end for those people. I can't. No. There's no. I don't even bother like at that point because no, like it's... you can make that argument literally about anything you want. Any, you can. Well, we don't know how this is going to go forward. Okay. Well, no, no crap, dude. Right. Well, my favorite is when they say that, like, you don't know the long term consequences. Like, well, you don't know the long term consequences of the vaccine either. Well, normally vaccines, if there's going to be long term consequences, they go in two months. You're right. How many of them have mRNA vaccines? Oh my God! Shut up. The mRNA vaccines have been studied for thirty years. Okay. In thirty years prior to 2020, how many vac- how many treatments with mRNA have ever managed to pass a clinical trial? Zero. Not one. Not one thing in 30 For safety years. reasons, too. For safety reasons. So you want me to, to buy in on this, I'm going to have a hard time. So we have reason to believe the mRNA vaccine acts differently than a normal vaccine and does have adverse safety reactions, even though there's almost no data published on any of these trials prior to 2020. That's not alarming at all. We know they failed. We know these companies gave up on mRNA as a treatment and switched it to a vaccine. Because vaccines are supposed to be one and done, maybe two and done, and you never have to give it again, and that's why they would work better with mRNA, but they never published any of the data. They're not under any obligation to because they never brought the product to market. But the study failed for safety reasons, and they never published the data. That's super weird. I'm sorry. That's abnormal, and it's it's not right. We're going to get into this uh, next week. We'll talk more about that. But for now, it's whereas with COVID, like, look, we've had coronaviruses before. This isn't new. Coronavirus has been around forever. And to the best of our knowledge, healthy people who get coronaviruses have never faced significant long-term health problems after beating the coronavirus. Yes, it does kill some people. I'm not arguing that. And this one in particular seems to not kill children. There's no data to back up the idea that this would cause long-term health and like significant health issues for very many people. Long COVID is incredibly unlikely, and it generally there's zero instances in kids that goes out beyond, I think it's three months or six months. Zero percent continue to have long COVID later on. Like, you're asking for the data that we have. Like, well, we would start with this assumption because this is what historically has happened with coronaviruses. And now we have 20 months of this coronavirus, and all the data is lining up exactly as we would expect it. And your argument is, it could do a 180. You don't know. Uh, they've already made like i said they just want it to be so that it is right like they that they've just made it into whatever they want it to be and there's nothing i can do about it at that point so. yeah there's no arguing that like right. of course not but how do you pretend like well we know what's going to happen with the vaccines we don't have a clue we have no data about this we have 30 years of research and no published studies that it should set off an alarm bell automatically because i promise you if moderna had the studies from 2011 until 2017 supporting mrna as effective and safe Every one of the studies would have been published, but yeah, we would have had we would have had evidence of it. I mean, we would just, we, there, would, there would be medication. Yeah, imagine uh, how concerned would you be if Moderna, as a company, was the largest biotech IPO in history with a valuation of six billion dollars when it went public in December of 2018? And I told you that they had only ever done one successful product to market prior to that. That'd be weird, right? Now imagine if it was zero. Imagine if in 10 years of existence of focusing on nothing but mRNA treatments, vaccines, and medications, they had zero products that they could safely bring to market prior to the COVID-19 vaccine. That'd be, that'd be disconcerting, right? We are here. Um, 
So anyway, I just I'm just seeing uh, we'll wrap this up. Uh, American Airlines twenty three hundred now flights, uh, another three hundred fifty this morning as of eleven a.m. So uh, people are gonna learn. Flight attendants heroes. So pilots are heroes. Like whoever's whoever's fighting this. I mean, if you're putting your risk your job at risk, I commend you, buddy. Me too. Um, hey, I got breaking sports news for you. Oh, okay. It just came up on my phone. Broncos star pass rusher Von Miller is now a member of the Los Angeles Rams. I forgot about Von Miller. <laughs> Does that put him number one in your list? Now? I, they already, uh, like, oh, yes. On, okay. Honest to God. Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey. Like, my God, that yeah, team good. is stacked. Good. Stafford, Stafford's so good, too. Kind I know. Of sideways. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to revert back, but yeah. breaking news on Breaking sports, news. Way, to, way to keep the, the folks updated. And um, credit to Yahoo because they actually put it on my phone. And so, also, you sent me this article. And I read through the majority of it here. It's I feel like it was pretty long, um, but it got a little bit of attention in some in some circles. I saw. Uh, I'm not familiar with Revolver. I'm not either. I never heard of him before. Um, but the uh, the uh, title here: Meet Ray Epps, the Fed pro- Fed protected provocateur who appears to have led the very first uh, January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. Now, I remember this dude. I remember sharing this video probably to you. Uh, yep. Other people, or at least you shared it to me, one, one way or the other. I've seen this video multiple times, um, but it got some attention recently here, and so much so that Thomas Massey, my favorite congressman, Thomas Massey, uh, questioned Attorney General Merrick Garland about it, uh, basically asking uh, whether federal agents were known to be present on January 6th during this uh, quote-unquote insurrection, uh, and whether they agitated to go into the Capitol. So Garland just evaded the question, obviously, didn't, wasn't going to answer that. Right. Um, but it go, goes along with this Ray Epps, who was, uh, videos were shown multiple times, a couple on January 5th ahead of time, basically saying, hey, tomorrow we're going to, we got to go into the Capitol. He's making. No, no, no. He gave the same speech every time where he said, all right, well, this is what we got to do. And I don't, I don't want to say it because I'm probably going to get arrested, but I'm going to say it tomorrow. We got to go in to the Capitol. Yeah. Gave that speech three different times. Same pause, same inflection points, same everything. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, exactly right. And so it was clearly, I mean, he had an agenda for whatever, you know, what's remember who he is at this point, but clearly he thought the, the goal, everyone was trying to get as many people as possibly could into the Capitol um, and did nothing but promote that message for two days, basically. So, or at least a day and a half. And the funny thing was, is like, he was like, you know, because the videos popped up so easy and pe- people figured out who he was within days. Like on uh, January 9th, I feel like some left wing organization outed him and said, hey, this is Ray Epps, part of, you know, from gave his address from Arizona, blah, blah, blah. The local news went and interviewed. He was like, yeah, that's me. He's not arrested. No, he's not. He actually what used to be the 16th. He, so they, I, I didn't realize they did this. So when they had the, um, most After wanted. the insurrection, the FBI, I'm assuming, made a list of all of the targets, right? And he was target number 16, so early, like, and there was hundreds of targets. And so he's an early, high-ranking target. One day, he was listed on that target as number 16, all the way up until there was a report and an, an article written about it, and then it, that number 16 just disappeared off the FBI website. Like Everybody the same else day. that was on the sheet that had, like, wanted number 15 captured, Stayed up there, but it said captured across the picture. Number 16 just disappeared. disappeared. Not even there. 
not no update, no nothing. Just like, uh, this guy doesn't exist anymore. So there, there's a picture with him and our boy, John Sullivan. Remember John Sullivan? He is the, yeah. uh, the videographer Antifa guy. Well, he's who, fake Antifa. And right, he's fake right, MAGA, right, right, like right, right. He's, he's just, right. He's just an operative. Right. And so there is a video of that dude standing next to Epps giving one of those five speeches that he does. And he goes, and the John Sullivan's like, this guy's a fed. <laughs> and so in one of those other videos that we point out, I think on January 5th video where he's talking about going in yeah. tomorrow, he gets shouted out by the crowd that he's trying to, you know, rile up. They basically turn on him and be like, fed, fed, fed. They're pointing to him, basically shouting him down. So then he went and gave the speech again. And somebody that was standing, the guy who was initially speaking. And then, uh, Epps came in and started talking and he said the same thing. I don't want to say it because we're. I might because I'm going to get arrested, and the guy goes, "Then don't say it." Right. And, <laughs> and so then he finished the speech and he goes, "He goes, we're going into the Capitol." And the guy's like, "What? No!" <laughs> and so, and so, all, t- take those videos with all him telling everybody got to go into the Capitol, and then fast forward to the actual front line, if you will, of the insurrection. You can see this dude again, Ray Ebbs, same, basically same getup. You can see him lean over and whisper to another. Uh, guy who's in the crowd there on the front line lean over and i think he might have been identified as somebody too but i can't remember he was the second breacher of the capitol right and so this guy leans over and literally as soon as epps whispers into his ear he pushes the gate onto the cops right and then i'll think all hell breaks loose well epps whispers in his ear steps back and then points at the bear spray that the guy had in his pocket and said and leave that here we don't want anybody getting shot so the guy you know followed his orders took the bear spray out and ran the barricade and he, you can hear him saying, we'll meet around on the north. Like, it was definitely orchestrated. Right. And so we made this observation back when we were talking about, like, I think there was an article where they mentioned there was somebody on the ground in, you know, an, a federal agent on the ground. or th- so, And they didn't, they don't operate Han Solo style, right? There was clearly more than one, if not mo- dozens of, of, of either operatives, agents, or, or, you know, people who were working for... The FBI, all present, all on the ground, all, all allowing at worst to allow whatever happened to happen. Right? None of them stopped anything. Yeah. And there's suggestions, especially if Mr. Ray Epps here is one of those. He's an agent provocateur, basically, who started most of the, the crap to begin with. Yep. So there's a lot of things about this that are very, very odd. And I recommend everybody go read this piece at Revolver. They do a very. I don't know anything about them, so if it turns out they're like a anti-Semitic or flat earth theory. My bad, but the investigative reporting is backed up by facts, videos, pictures, timelines. It's very, very well done. Um, So, Mike Epps, Ray Epps. Ray Epps. I miss Mike Epps. He should be doing more stuff. Anyways, Ray Epps. Probably not a relation. I linked the uh, article in the comments. Thank you. So, he's going around and trying to get people to go in. Now, the context of most people that were there, there was never a plan to storm the Capitol for 90% of these people. They were just there as like a Trump rally, like they had done all over the other, all over the country at different times to go and shout and yell and come out for whatever reason and, you know, yell MAGA. Cool. Not joining you, but God bless. Have fun. And then some of them start doing this. And now what was, there's a couple things that are odd. For context, remember when Governor Whitmer was in danger of being kidnapped by that right-wing group? Militia, right-wing militia. The right-wing militia that had 14 people involved and like nine of them were either federal informants or agents that were acting undercover. Yeah, And, and they did all of the, the heavy lifting. So like they yeah. got all of the the 
any of the supplies, any of the cash, the hotels, like they did all of the heavy lifting, all of the money, all the resources came from those nine. So this is what's always interesting about it. What most of those guys, the, the operatives that were acting at the behest of the FBI, their job was to get attendance up, was just to get as many people involved as possible was to recruit and get more people in, get more, get the, get the counts up. How many people are involved? How many people are involved? So, you know, between the nine of them, they managed to get five. So God bless this. And of course you don't see that in any of the legacy media news organizations, but it's real. So apply that of like, all right, well, this is an MO for the FBI, get your attendance up. So now you've got these agent provocateurs, these federal informants, I guess maybe they're not, maybe this is all a coincidence, but going around to different crowds, giving the exact same speech, including saying, I'll be arrested, I'll probably be arrested, um, to let people know that way it takes away the defense that you didn't know it was illegal. Because even the guy who said it is saying it will be arrested. So we got to go in the Capitol. People are looking at him like, wait, we got a what? No. No. So then most of these you know, true believers go listen to Trump's speech at the, at the lawn or wherever it was about a 25-minute walk away. And while they were there, before Trump finished speaking... Mike Epps, God, I got to stop Epps. saying that. Ray Epps breaches the first, after going to tell this other gentleman, he was a younger guy, I, I got to get his name, but he's got knuckle tattoos, his face is all over the place, he's got definitive tattoos on his arms, like there's no reason that I they don't like know I feel like now that they actually don't know his name, that they, they have all that information, do. and they're like, uh, yeah, we don't have they that They haven't identified name. him yet, yeah. that's true. So this guy's there, and he, Mike, or Ray Epps goes and whispers in his ear, tells him to leave the bear spray, and the guy goes and breaches. Ray Epps comes from the other side, his crew breaches, and then him and this guy meet up like on the other side now that they've breached, and they're getting everybody else in. Uh, and then a third guy who was very much involved is the head of the Oath Keepers, which is a, I don't even know what the heck to call they're, it. Uh, I would say former uh, military and law enforcement uh, who uh, claimed to be a, uh, uh, you know, trying to protect uh, individual liberty against... Government tyranny. Yes. Sure. Okay. It's a general as a uh, description that I could give. So a lot of the people... But they get infiltrated quite often. Oh, my God. No, I think the problem is the guy who's the head of it right now, and Ray Apps used to be the head of the Arizona chapter of the Oath Keepers, and the guy who was the president or is the president of the Oath Keepers, I don't really know, um, they're using the Oath Keepers as proof of a conspiracy, as proof that this was an orchestrated event between two or more operatives to reach the end. And... By doing so, they cited 17 phone calls made between members of the Oath Keepers. Now, 10 of them were made by the president of the Oath Keepers, and I think six of them were made to the president. Guess who hasn't been arrested? The president? Yep. President of the Oath Keepers and Ray Epps, both free men. The guy that they have facial recognition, tattoos, hand tattoos, arm tattoos, every definitive mark you could want. Can't ID him. They took Ray Epps off the FBI most wanted list. Somehow the head of the Oath Keepers that the FBI is alleging was the basis for the conspiracy charge. Not arrested. The people that led the breach, the first people to breach the lines and trespass on the Capitol property are not arrested. The agent provocateur, John Smith. Sullivan. John Sullivan. The guy who, like, got kicked out of Antifa, basically, because they're like, this dude is a plant. There is no question. He's the one who filmed... Ashley Babbitt getting shot. That's how Correct. far into the Capitol he was. He was arrested and released two hours later. Two hours. And then you got bare chest Viking boy, boy still basically in 
you've got a lot of people still inside yeah. that are still being held and that in frequent cases are being physically abused inside of it. Like there's multiple reports of them, of some of these guys getting worked over while they're in there and they're, they're getting beat. So I'm, I'm concerned because I'm looking at this and going, all right, I don't want to buy in full, full stop that the FBI is this wholly corrupt organization that is, that is just out to invent its own crimes to solve and is trying to get some type of a domestic Patriot bill passed so that they can monitor even more closely all of its citizens. I don't want to get there. You just did. Why are these people not arrested? Why is Ray Epps, who led the, the, the breach, well, I mean, led it. Well, most of the people were still listening to Trump talk. He led the initial breach after sending another guy in to go and breach, and they somehow are not under arrest. But the morons that walked in the building and started walking between the velvet ropes all the way through and snapping pictures of the presidential portraits, they've all been held without bail for five, six, seven months without even having a trial. Like, their right to a speedy trial has been waived, and they're just trying to get as many people as possible to plead to a simple criminal trespassing. They haven't been able to convict anybody, anybody, on treason, sedition, or conspiracy to commit same. No one. What's the point? What are we doing? What what avenue of law enforcement could justify these people not being arrested and in the jail cells next to the people they persuaded or at least tried to persuade without question to breach the Capitol and then they actually did breach the Capitol we have their names addresses we have admissions of guilt we have videotape evidence and they took his picture down in the middle of the night the FBI took his picture off the FBI's most wanted website in the middle of the night that's weird it's, it's more than weird yeah, I'm sorry, like, the, the mental gymnastics you have to go through to make this out to be a justified response by law enforcement to ha- draw any conclusion aside from they're getting protection from the federal government. They're, they're 100% protected from the FBI. And the, the head of the Oath Keepers has a history of doing this, of working with the FBI and, and helping them infiltrate right-wing groups. Like, that's weird. I don't understand. I want to. Un- I don't know if I want to understand, but I'm sitting back. We and should I- all know, though. Like, we should know the truth. I mean, listen, there, you know, you can. Obviously, we talked about Ashley Babbitt. You know, she's no longer alive. There was other people who actually died there for varying reasons and under some weird circumstances. But the guy like, that tased nope, himself into a heart attack. Yeah. That's horrible. Nobody, no, no, nobody liked what happened on January 6th. No. I mean, very few people, I mean, actually liked it. But it was not what. The left wants it to be, and it it looks more and more like it was, you know, basically at least encouraged on the ground level by federal agents, and your point is well taken that the result of this will be a domestic Patriot Act that is going to even tighten the screws down more on the surveillance state that is our federal government, and it's not just going to... it's. They're going to turn the Patriot Act on its own people, which is us. I mean, to be fair, they already And they're going to use this. Yeah. Now they just want to make it justified and have us all live in a surveillance state more than we already do. Like, let's be real. With our cell phones, with social media, we already basically live in a surveillance state. The life log? Next week. Okay. Next week. Let's get into that. Not this (laughs) week. There's too much already for this week. Next week, we'll get into that. Um, That's crazy. That's crazy, though. Listen, read this piece from Revolver, and 
Ask some questions. Like, there's something about this that does not add up. I don't claim to have any answers on this. I don't know. The only thing is, the conclusions I will draw from my very limited legal background and my very limited, I don't intelligence. I don't know. Like, something, something is off. If these guys, totally if this was on the up and up, there's no way these three guys in particular were never arrested, and there's no way John Sullivan is out of jail. The guy. Breached. The guy was in the building when the woman got shot. He was filming it. He broke a window inside the Capitol. Like, that guy, if he's not a federal informant or operative, is still sitting in a jail cell. Right. I, I have no justification for why he wouldn't be. It makes no sense. Yeah. No. It's, it's, it's beyond fishy. So. But think about what that actually means if that's right. Because that's a horrifying prospect. Right. I mean. And I think know. it is. Right. And like I said, you referenced justifiably so the, the Governor Whitmer thing. Like, I mean, it's it's not their first time doing things uh, without, I would think, society's best interest at heart. Let's just say it that way. Yeah. I mean, look, if you are in one of these like organizations where you're just genuinely trying to raise awareness and protest things and point out the corruption of, of you know, politicians and new people join your group and they have you know access to funding and materials that just happen to be exactly what you would need to do some illegal activity pause number 1 don't do illegal activity number 2 if you if somebody's trying to persuade you to do illegal activity and they're supplying you with everything ask yourself why they're not doing it themselves what is it that is so unique to you that you bring to the table for this guy that apparently has access to unlimited funds resources plans stack uh, tactics and, and, like, and, and all that all we all you just referenced like if there was actually insurrectionists there like they wouldn't have needed all of this just to make it a story they wouldn't have needed there would have been people doing stuff that would have been like you could appoint it to and be like hey this person did something that is treasonous, and but there was none of that. Everything Instead, is, we had Cole Beasley's twin brother trying to steal a podium. Like, he successfully stole a podium. He, did, <laughs> he got caught, but he did get it, yes. With this big old grin on his face, like, I got the podium. Like, the idea that this was an attempt to overthrow the government, I'm sure there were a handful of people that you could point to that were genuinely there. They probably thought it. Right. Most of them were like, not there. Yeah. They're like no. these internet tough guys that think they're really hardcore that got in there, and then you get caught up in a moment. Like, there's still the video that I find exceedingly troubling of the cops opening the door and waving the protesters. Like, come on. They move the, the, the gates out front, too, the come barriers. On. They're like, yeah, there we go. I don't agree with it, but come on. And the dude's on camera like, I feel like this is a trap. <laughs> it was. Bingo. And then they're like, this was what I mean about an insurrection. They walked between the ropes that are meant for tours they got in and they didn't like rush in they walked through the ropes snapping pictures one dude tried to steal a painting and you know he died because it turns out if you're going to steal a, pa a painting maybe set your taser all the way on the ground and don't put it between your legs where once it turns on your body's going to uh, contract and hold it on you repeatedly and you know mm -hmm. ultimately give you a heart attack it's got to be a terrible Hell way to way die. To Hell of a way to go. I mean, you just, you tase yourself in the balls enough to give yourself a heart attack. Yeah. That's got to be one of the like worst ways that you could go. I mean, from an embarrassment standpoint, that that's got to feel bad. So don't do that. But there's all these things that don't make sense. Like they've got thousands of hours of video from the Capitol riots and insurrection, and they're releasing none of it. Yeah, that's weird. If they have the proof, listen, you know. In hindsight, I didn't really know what I was watching because there were. 
dozens of live videos that I was watching that day. I was sitting home on my ass on my couch. I mean, like, what the hell is going on down there? Whatever. And like, I was watching videos and I remember staying at the time, like, okay, you can see people. I remember them pulling, some guy was jumped up and he was all dressed in black and he was trying to break through the window. And I remember a bunch of like MAGA hats pulling them off the building. Right. And I was like, oh, that's weird. You know, whatever they, you could see that there were certain people who were really instigating and agitating and it was a very finite number. And then hindsight to, to get it here, we are seven months later or whatever, 10 months later. And it's, you know, we're having people still in jail and uh, talking about an insurrection is mind boggling to me. Yeah. Like they always show the video of the one guy, like we want heads on spikes. Like, yeah, this 60 year old overweight white dude is going to go put a head on a spike. That's not just tough talk. That's, that's a plan for sure. Yeah. Cause that guy obviously knows exactly what he's doing. I, like, stop. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the guy's an idiot. I, and a right. lot of these and guys a bunch were of idiots. idiots and, listen, and if they did, even if they got tricked into it, if you breach the Capitol, yeah, you should be charged with trespassing, and you're probably guilty. Like, you shouldn't do it. You shouldn't be in jail for seven months. That's insanity. You shouldn't be held in a right. jail for a minor offense until they can wear you down and force you to plead to something more significant. That's nuts. Right, yeah. I mean, there's so, a reason you there's, have there's a right so much to a speedy trial. going on here, so. All right. Sorry. And I don't know how to transition to this story, but probably one of the worst. And you think the government mistreats people. Right. Wait till you hear what's next. I was going to make the transition when you were talking about there's no worse way to go, but I didn't want to do that. So I've made it almost anyway. But so here we are. So we talked about our governor, our former governor Cuomo being taken out by uh, sexual harassment allegations, sexual assault allegations, uh, and basically escaping the... Uh, responsibility of the nursing home deaths, uh, largely because of uh, his order. Uh, do we have a similar situation here with Beaglegate, where Dr. Fauci is going to be taking down because of inhumane practices? And I'm not saying he shouldn't be taking down for this or whatever, since I believe the culture of animal testing starts from the top, from this guy and Francis Collins, right? I mean, these guys are at the top of the food chain here. Mm-hmm. If uh, they didn't want this to happen, and it wouldn't happen. So they seem to be on board with this animal testing. Um, it's gotten a lot of attention. Uh, there is bipartisan uh, legislation now being looking for co-sponsors, trying to get to the bottom of this investigation, try to see uh, what's going on here. But will Beetlegate take down Dr. Fauci in the same way that uh, sexual harassment allegations took down Governor Cuomo? I think so. And since we referenced that the responsibility of his nursing home deaths is going to go, he's going to go unaccounted for that, basically. So um, is Dr. Fauci going to be held accountable for anything that's been done before Beaglegate? Beaglegate? No. I think Anthony Fauci is going to get a free pass even for advocating for lockdowns, lying about masks, uh, lying about the threat of school children, ignoring natural immunity, Shutting down the entire country for months on end, causing an increase in poverty, um, domestic violence, and all-cause mortality is going up this year. Uh, And ultimately, for the first time in the last, I think it was 20 years, the international, the worldwide childhood poverty rate actually increased in 2020. Because Anthony Fauci, as the leader of the NIH, ignored 80 years of pandemic research and study and advocated for lockdowns. Two weeks to threat to flatten a curve. Just two weeks. Got to flatten this curve. Don't overwhelm the health system. And that somehow turned into, well, once you get vaccinated, then you can have your freedom back. 
That's weird. And he should be held accountable. He should be held responsible. What he did was awful. What he did was absolutely terrible. And it was a miscarriage of public health. Like, how bad it was, we won't really understand for years to come. But he's he's basically a shill for Big Pharma. Like, that's who he is, and that's what he is. And now apparent, and then people that were coming out here like, I stand with Dr. Anthony Fauci. Something like this comes out, and I guess this is the distinction between him and the Cuomo thing of Cuomo's was more or less completely unrelated. The sexual harassment had nothing to do with how what he did regarding nursing homes, other than he's a bad human. He's a bad person. He always has been. It's not new. Now, with, with Dr. Fauci, if you're over here saying, like, well, he's just this selfless public servant trying to do good, and, yeah, he makes mistakes, but he's, he's in, his heart's in the right place. This comes out, and it's it's sort of tied in from the standpoint of, no, he's a monster. No, he is a sociopath that is okay testing vaccines on dogs, even though the FDA doesn't require that as a test. He's okay doing these experiments where they let sand flies eat a dog's face until it dies, and then okaying that they cut the dog's vocal cords so the scientists don't have to be bothered to hear the crying and the whimpering from the beagles as they're being tortured to death. Like, what is the benefit? You want to study fear? So you're doing this to these helpless animals? Look, if you can do an animal test for a benevolent good for human beings, I tend to be on board. Like, I'll, I'll say, all right, look, yeah, I get it, because we got to make sure, and it is more important that a human lives than a dog. I'm sorry for all the really big dog people out there. That's just my opinion. But this isn't that. This is, you did this horrific stuff for years. Like, guys... Your tax dollars were used to go torture beagles. That's where your tax money went. It's your money. You funded it. I funded it. And we had no idea. Yeah. And so I want to, you know, this, uh, apparently this group called, uh, what is it called? Uh, white Vita? coat, white, co- no, I'll say oh, white, yeah, no, coat, say uh, white coat, uh, they did say waste project. Okay. Um, so they are basically been looking into a lot of this stuff for years um and they, they they go back and basically you know say basically Fauci's been you know funding this stuff for 40 years so it's been going on for a long time not saying that there's no good time for it to come to light but i mean it seems like a convenient end to a uh career because again dogs and the inhumane treatment of dogs is going to upset people i don't care what political party you're in i think so i hope um, if you if you have a heartbeat um, and I said, you know, not, not to mention all the stuff and you, you laid out, you know, some of the stuff that they were doing, but they, I find it disturbing also that, you know, dogs are, you know, they cut man's best friend kind of thing. And, uh, we have been breeding dogs and coexisting with dogs for thousands and thousands of years. And beagles have been basically bred to have this calm and uh, sweet disposition. And that was abused against them to allow them to be, you know, less uh, combative during these testing. So they, that's they went, why they chose, they beagles. chose beagles because they were nice dogs basically. Right. Which is just crazy. So, um, it's, some point, it's, it's, it's terrible. It's a terrible story. Like I said, I mean, I, I didn't really want to go into, I want, I don't plan on going into all the stuff that they were doing, oh. but I really want to know, is this just, you know, if Fauci can overcome this, then he's you know he's going to die in office, whatever the president is. You know, at that time, he's go, he's he's literally untouchable. I just want an explanation on how this was at all scientifically necessary. That's the other thing too. Is like it seems like as though this like we didn't need to find some of this stuff out. Probably, you no. know what I mean? Like 
it's just it was so unnecessary what the end game was going to be, and they were just doing it because they could, and and they had the money, and they were spending it, and it, same thing of. Listen, most of you out there, you could never imagine actually authorizing this and knowing that it was happening and that you had the power to stop it, but were just choosing not to. Like, you knew full well that dogs were just being tortured and killed for scientifically questionable information, like stuff you didn't even really need to know about. Yeah, I guess we'll find out what happens. Um, I Think about the level of callousness that it takes to sign off on that and continue funding that not once not not for a year for decades like that's just allowed and you just continue doing this with all the the cries from the beagles are really starting to affect the staff can we clip their vocal cords yeah don't stop right or anything just clip the vocal cords so the scientists aren't uncomfortable like come on it's it's wild and then the other part of this is this is i find not equally as troubling but also troubling this story broke at, at, at the latest. I, I found articles from August of this year talking about this. And then it got summarily ignored and disregarded by the entirety of our press until October, until like last Monday is when they broke this story. So for two months, we knew this was happening. And he went on all these TV shows and this was publicly available. And nobody, nobody asked him a question about this. And I guess you and I are just as guilty. It was out there. We didn't yeah, see it. Right. Um, but... I don't know, almost like maybe the legacy media company should be held to a higher standard than two idiots with a podcast. That seems reasonable to me. I'm not sure, but I can't fathom how this wasn't a story earlier and how it's still not being talked about widely. Yeah. That's like I, said, it's, I mean, it's a tough, tough story to talk about. Don't get me wrong. So, oh, but, but I mean, whatever it, it's, it's, it's clearly news. Yeah. And like I said, the only way this stops is if enough people stand up and say no. So. Now you know. If you didn't know, now you know. But, I, you know, I've noticed a noticeable drop in the I stand with Dr. Anthony Fauci memes that are floating around. Oh, I mean, I, you know, just in just even in a general sense of you want to do like uh, just Fauci sentiment. I mean, I was getting I've been, you know, I was getting literally killed on social media, you know, for like a year. And now it's you can't find anybody out there supporting him. I mean, it was I was like a, you know, a very small handful of people ever questioning anything on some of these 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 posts and, you know, dozens and dozens of comments basically, you know, you're an idiot how dare Yeah, you and question. and and not even necessarily about me, but just like praising Fauci, praising, you know, being supportive of the whole thing and that this doesn't exist anymore. So, I'd like to think that anybody who was open-minded about a thing uh, has basically come around to uh, somewhat more of our side or position on most of this stuff. Uh, and the people who don't are being quiet about it now, unless they're directly confronted it. So I don't know. I'd like to think that there's an end, but I, I don't believe there is one. So um, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll pray for the, uh, the next set of flight attendants or military or police, or I don't know we got the uh, today's the mandate for the New York city police and fire departments. So we'll see what happens tomorrow when the f- upwards of 20% of those force walk off the job. So um, that'll help policing. Yeah. And this is all about a vaccine mandate that uh, before we let you go, that you wanted to tease a little something about uh, next week's show that you're uh, going to yeah. jump into. You touched on a little bit of it earlier. Um, so next week we're going to touch on mode RNA. Yes. Moder- Moderna. Moderna founded in 2011. Um Stephane Barcel is one of the founders. Uh, the 
one of the co-founders of of Moderna actually made a claim about Mr. Marcel Bar- Barcel, Stephane Barcel, um, that he was tried to get Stephane, the guy who's still running Moderna to this day, has absolutely no moral compass to speak of and tried to get this other guy to steal technology from a children's hospital and block them from using treatments. That's the guy we're dealing with, folks. And how from 2011 until 2020, this $6 billion company never managed to bring a single product to market. And why did they shift from the goal initially was to use this mRNA technology to treat very high-risk conditions and rare conditions so that people would take their mRNA treatments repeatedly forever because that's where the money in medicine is, not in curing anything, but in continually treating something and allowing that to benefit the person through this modern miracle of mRNA. And then they didn't do it. Uh, Then they shifted to vaccines in 2016, and nobody understood why because vaccines are historically a very competitive field with very small margins and you can't make money at it. wonder why they shifted to vaccines. Why did they have an IPO in December 2018 with not one product even close to market? Why did they not have any of their studies published that showed negative outcomes? Not one. Not one. That's weird. So we're going to go into some more detail on all of this next week. And let me be very clear about my conclusions. I have none. But I think this is information that most people should know and is very relevant to the conversation on, well, why would you be worried about long-term consequences of a vaccine? And I'm not even telling you there are any. I'm not. But the idea that we can just dismiss it out of hand, in my opinion, is insanity. Utter, utter insanity. All right. Well, we'll get more on that uh, for episode 73. And with that, we'll leave you for a week. We'll see you all again uh, for the live show next Monday at 12 p.m. Maybe we'll have some election results we can follow up on. I don't know. Let's do it. See if some exciting there uh, happens uh, tomorrow. But uh, I'll remind you to go out and vote tomorrow if you haven't already uh, early voted. And uh, again, I'll remind you to share and like this video. And you can also subscribe to the channel. And you can uh, hit that notification bell and you'll get alerted when we go live. Even if I go live like three times before we uh, start the show. Like yeah, we you did. get your stuff worked out. <laughs> My God. One job, Sean. And then uh, I have two. I, I always hit the record button as a second job. My bad. So, um, and all you uh, audio listeners, uh, make sure you leave a uh, five-star rating review if you like the show. Uh, and we will see you all again next Monday.